And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer. Steve Geller is getting ready to fly to London, so I am solo. We're coming at you after the Panthers defeated the Saints 22-14. to It didn't really feel that close, although it was a one-score game with, with about 13 minutes to go. Saints couldn't get it done. We, I, I ranted at you all through that first segment, so now I'm going to let you kind of rant back at me. I'm going to go through a lot of these questions that have popped in you got josh higginbotham tactical strength and conditioning this team is falling apart from the coach all the way down it's it's too early in the season in my opinion to to say oh this team's falling apart you're one and two it's a long way to go but this is where you start to have to be concerned about you know if you get on a three four five game losing streak things get late in a hurry you know and you're going out to london you got to win that game. You, if you come back at 1 and 3, I mean, you're going to get a you're going to get a good matchup in the Seahawks at home, but you're, you know, you're going to be jet lagged. That's going to be a tough game. I mean, there's a there's a reality where you you get to the midpoint of the season and you're already done. So you got to figure something out now. Um so I don't know if the team is falling apart, but if if you stack up a couple more rough losses, it, yeah, yeah, I mean that could happen. Richard Fredericks, who do the Saints take with the first overall pick? Well, do I have some news for you? <laughs> they don't have a first round pick next year. That was the questionable trade they made to go get an extra first round pick for this year, who would say used on Trevor Penning. So you know, <laughs> if you're a team that's rooting for the Saints to fail, you are the Philadelphia Eagles because they own the Saints' first round pick. So if this season does go off the rails, they are the team that benefits. Uh, I mean, you could you could make the argument that the Saints slightly benefit because you know if they do end up with a high pick, then their second round pick is is at the top of the second round. But they're not going to get a first rounder, so that's a uh, that's not that's not where you're going to go. Lawrence Garrison, do you believe Winston is still the best fit for the Saints' ball control offense? I mean, no, I didn't think so before the season, and I don't think so now. But he is the starting quarterback, and you need to modify your system to fit his skill set. You know, there's a there, there's a reason. If you go back on this channel, go back long enough, there's a reason that I went through and predicted that Teddy Bridgewater would be the starting quarterback for the Saints. It didn't happen, right? The Saints re-signed Jameis, and they got him out of deal. But there's a, the reason I, I was leaning that way was because it seemed to fit what the Saints want to do on offense, which... You know, as you've seen with Chris Olave, you went out and you got a guy who can stretch the field vertically. And the reason you did that in the draft and and went after him and not somebody else is because, as you've seen, right, Jameis wants to go downfield. He wants to stretch the field. And, you know, if there's one positive thing you can pull out of this game, Chris Olave looked like a star. Um, he was open all the time. You know, he got targeted, I want to say, 12 times. He's got 25 targets the last two weeks. He's open, right? The reason you're throwing to him is because he's open, you know, and especially later in the game when he was really the only wide receiver on the field, Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas both got hurt. That's another very concerning thing. Traquan Smith even went down with what I believe is a concussion. That's what Dennis Allen said after the game. So <laughs> Mike Thomas is dealing with a toe injury. Jarvis Landry is dealing with an ankle injury. So you you might have to throw to Chris Olave next week. Deontay Hardy was also out for this game. I, you know, he was kind of a surprise absence. He was full on Friday's practice. So, you know, there's there's a lot to be figured out, but <laughs> you're gonna have to find a way. And so to answer your question again, no, I don't think that Jameis Winston is the 
best fit for a ball control offense. But as you as you can see, this is not a team that's operating as a ball control offense, or not, at least not one that is operating well as a ball control offense. So take that for what it is. You know, Lawrence with another one. He's not the worst, but he is becoming the most inconsistent. You know, I I, I would argue that he he's been very consistent. He's been <laughs> consistently slow starting, and he's missed he's missed a lot of throws early in games. Um, I don't know what you do to fix that, but you got to do something. Jay Black. We didn't even get to the challenging games yet in the season. We should be three and zero right now. Those were winnable games, but no offense. Yeah, no. I mean, you went into the fourth quarter of week two tied at three. This game probably should have been in that same range. You know, if if not for the fumble, if you didn't leave six points on the field in those two missed field goals or the the blocked field goal and then the missed field goal, you're right there. And so, yeah, these are all winnable games. I had them at two and one in my in my uh, season projection when I went through the schedule earlier in the offseason. And, you know, and I think losing one of these games was, you know, in the range of where you can feel comfortable about your long-term uh, options. But now you really are behind the eight ball. Like you can't, you can't afford to lose to the Vikings. You know, I don't know if it's a must win, but it's pretty close um, because you, you need to come back and beat the Seahawks and you're kind of banking on that win. So, you know, if you can't get out of that stretch at three and two, I mean, that's all. Go look at the schedule for the next six weeks because it's brutal. Trash points. I don't know if you're talking about points from the trash or if my points were trash. This is a this is a this is an optional show. You don't have to be here. Richard Fredericks, how many wins realistically do you see? Well, you know, I had them at two and one after three games. I had them at eleven wins, and I thought that was that was their ceiling, right? I like to be optimistic. I put eleven wins as probably their ceiling for this season. You could still get there, right? I still think that is their ceiling. You've made life a lot more difficult for yourself by starting one and two, and particularly starting one and two in your own division. That's going to make the tiebreakers down the road much more difficult to win. You know, I don't think the Panthers are going to be an issue down the road. You know, this is not a good football team. They're not going to win a lot of games. Falcons are in the same boat. Um, the Bucks are having trouble with the Packers right now. That'll be one to watch. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I still think you're in the range of between nine and 11 wins. You know, I think this team's going to figure it out and it's just a matter of time. The issue is you don't have a lot of time. You know, if you don't start well in the NFL, unless you are fortunate enough to be in a very weak division, which you could argue the saints are, but there is a top end team in it. You can basically rule yourself out of a divisional title in the first five games of the season. If you don't, if you don't do it the right way. Now, there's a lot of leeway when it comes to making a wild card spot. And the Saints weren't able to last year at nine and eight. I think you need to get to 10 wins in any season to comfortably put yourself into the playoffs. And I think you can still get there. But, you know, you, there's a lot of things you have to iron out. And like I said in the first segment, I don't have a ton of concern about the offense as a whole. I have a bigger concern about the undisciplined play that you've seen from at basically every level right? This is not what I expected. That's the thing. You know, when you went from Sean Payton to Dennis Allen, DA is more of a, of a disciplinarian, if you will. He's more of a regimented guy. He, he's more like a drill sergeant than, than, than Sean Payton was. And for that reason alone, I expected this to be a disciplined team. It has not been that. 
And that's, again, that frustrates me more than anything because you'd like to point at, okay, this is not being done well enough. You should have done this. You should have done this. I mean, instead you're pointing at the things that you did wrong that you have no excuse for. And, you know, the only way to fix that is not do it anymore. Stop putting the ball on the ground, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and I think that goes back to the coaching. And I think he would take full responsibility for that. But it's like, great, you can take responsibility for it, but you got to fix it too. Grant Illich seems like this team is lacking a leader. That could be it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think there are a lot of leaders on this team, but there are, a lot of them are on the defensive side of the ball. And so, yeah, I mean, that's... That that is an issue probably on the offensive side where, you know, I don't know who 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 is the guy you're listening to in the locker room. Is it is it Jameis? It should be Jameis, but I don't know, right? And in the past, that was never a question. Now I think it probably is. So yeah, it, it's a good point. Chris Sanders, we need to capitalize more on opportunities in the first half. Undoubtedly. I tweeted this. So Saints points by quarter in 2022. First quarter, 10 points. Second quarter, zero points. Third quarter. Three points, fourth quarter, 38 points. You don't win a lot of games like that. You definitely don't win any games easily like that, right? At best, you are winning games in scramble mode and making life very difficult on yourself because you you require everything to go right. You know what I mean? Like when you're when you're not playing well in the first half and you are constantly playing from behind, the only way you win games is if nothing else goes wrong. In week one, nothing else went wrong, or at least not to the level that that it took a win away from you, although it was very close, right? You, your margin is so narrow. And in this game, you did your margin was too narrow, right? You got the ball back with 19 seconds left, not enough time. So, you know, you got to be better earlier in games. Tell me about it, 504. Why trade and go all in, set this team back years? And I didn't watch because I knew this would happen. Poop emoji. Yeah, I mean, if, if this season continues on that track, which... You know, I, I'm I'm an optimist by trade. I do think this team is going to figure it out. Question is whether they whether it takes too long, and you've already done too much damage uh, from a, from a record perspective that you can't make up for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if this season goes a certain way from here, you know, it's one and two. It's not over, right? I mean, there's a long way to go, and you got to play better. But you know, you're not writing off the season yet. <laughs> you got to you got to string wins together. But if this season goes a certain way. You know, you could be looking back at that trade two, three years from now and be like, man, like this is what set this team back and made it impossible to compete at the level you need to. Because if you get beyond this year and you decide Jameis isn't the guy, which, you know, even if he does come back and plays a little better and you win some games, I think you could still make the argument that you move on from him. You don't have a first round pick to go get a guy. You know, maybe maybe you're going out and breaking the bank for Jimmy G who, you know, also not an exciting guy, you know, so your options aren't great. And, you know, when it would be great to have a first round pick, if you're looking for a quarterback in the draft where there's a ton of young, really exciting quarterbacks, which that would be the case next year. So, you know, that trade, that trade in hindsight could end up being very painful. Nolan Nerd says, it's time for the Red Dead Rifle Redemption. You know, I disagree, but I, I'm completely on board for that, uh, for that catchphrase. I'll leave it at that. Josh Higginbotham, you're looking at the coaches, but they can't execute the plays. I mean, sure, but I'm not talking about like individual play execution as what this team is struggling with. It is the moments where you shoot yourself in the foot and torpedo an entire drive, right? There was a drive where they got back to first and 20 and actually converted it. 
but that doesn't excuse the fact that you had two procedural penalties before first down that ended up in first and 20, right? There's so many examples of gaffes, of just dumb mistakes that you can't look past and you and you have to you have to identify it's like okay so is this player just faulty no it it goes back to the coaching marianne williams ring why do we never run outside you know one of the things that i took away from this game is alvin Kamara did not look right you know he had a few nice runs at this in the second half i think he had one nice run in the first half but he looked very much like a guy who is playing through an injury um, and like, of course he is, we knew he is, he was, but it definitely looked like it was affecting him in this game. It, it, he, he didn't look dissimilar to, if you go back to the 2019 season, especially late in the year when he was dealing with the MCL injury, you know, he was playing hurt. And when you go back and look at the tape, you can tell he was hurt. You know, he, he's still an incredible athlete and he's going to do things that very few people can do. but the player we saw today was not the Alvin Kamara you you typically would see. And there were a few plays that I think illustrated that. And one of them was the fumble. Another was there was a first down, or I'm sorry, it was a second down play late in the first half. I think it was second and three. Alvin sits down right past the first down marker. Jameis tries to throw it to him. It gets tipped, right? But the ball is kind of fluttering into Alvin's hands. There, you should catch it 10 out of 10 times out of 10, but it seemed like he lost concentration and it just hit the turf. And this was a huge play in that game because instead of first and goal at the, at the six, you're at third and three. And I don't know if that moment had factored into Jameis's head, but you ran, you know, you run the next play and Alvin is wide open in the exact same spot again. Jameis doesn't throw to him. Instead, he tries to throw to Jarvis on the fade and he misses. And now it's fourth down. And then you go to get the field goal and it gets blocked, right? So that drop was as good as a turnover because you didn't walk away with points. And there there were a lot of moments in that game where it was like, man, if this this is not the right Alvin. And uh, hopefully that that injury doesn't linger. Hopefully he can get back to the player that you want. But you know, I don't know what percentage you put it at, but he was not right today. And so when you're talking about outside runs, yeah, I mean, what the play that I miss, the play that we haven't seen a lot of since Jameis took over is kind of that like, that long swing pass, right? I don't know if if you maybe you don't trust his like short area accuracy enough to to throw a pass with the kind of danger of that because those swing passes are are scary if you don't throw them right because if they get undercut, you know, if they end up going backwards and hit the ground, you know, the, a turnover there is basically six points, and so those were kind of extended runs. And we don't really see those the plays that Drew Brees ran all the time that we just don't see with Jameis. And I think that's where you are losing a lot in your in your usage of Alvin Kamara as well. Um, this has never been a team that runs a lot of stretch plays. They're a misdirection. They're a zone running team. And um, th- this is not a fast team. And, you know, that's that's one thing that you really see when you go up against a team like the Bucks. You know, even this t- this Panthers team has a lot of really good athletes on defense. The Saints are not a very athletic offense outside of maybe Chris Olave and Deontay Harden, right? They're, they're very plotting. You know, Jarvis Landry and Mike Thomas are not guys that are going to outrun you. You're guys who you expect to hold up in blocking and kind of set the edge. And they just haven't done that so far. All right, you're listening to Inside Black and Gold. We're going to take a quick break and then come back and answer a few more questions before we get out of here. Again, my name is Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer. Make sure to hit us up wherever you get your podcast, Apple, 
Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, whatever cast you use. And uh, make sure to leave a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, stick around. <laughs>